Hi everyone, welcome back to Logical Bible Study, where we take an in-depth look at the scriptures of the day. So, if you go to Mass today, you would hear from Luke chapter 13, verses 18 to 21. So, as always, we'll read the passage, and then we'll have a go at doing an exegesis verse by verse of the text. What does it mean? What does the scholarship tell us about this? How can we understand this passage in a coherent, faithful way? So, Luke chapter 13, verses 18 to 21. Jesus said, What is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it with? It is like a mustard seed which a man took and threw into his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air sheltered in its branches. And another thing he said, What shall I compare the kingdom of God with? It is like the yeast a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour till it was all leavened through. So that's our reading today. It's a short one. What's the context? So Jesus is moving from Galilee to Judea, and it's getting towards the final phase of his ministry. And he's speaking to the crowds and doing healings along the way. Now, just before this, he has been in a synagogue on the Sabbath, and he's just healed a woman on the Sabbath. So that has all just happened. And now here, he's going to give two short parables to the crowds about the kingdom of God. So he's going to give the parable of the mustard seed, a very well-known one, and then the parable of the yeast. Now, it's possible that he deliberately gives these parables straight after the healing of the woman um, as some sort of continuation of the theme of the arrival of the kingdom of God. So when he healed the woman, that could certainly be seen as Jesus bringing God's kingdom and overturning the reign of Satan. That's sort of how that particular story is understood. And then it leads straight into what we have today, which is Jesus telling us more about the kingdom of God, possibly because his crowd was quite surprised that Jesus had done something that appeared to be bringing in the kingdom of God, because they didn't really understand how the kingdom of God was going to come. And there was a few aspects of the kingdom of God that they were actually wrong about, and Jesus has to correct them on this. So we're going to see two parables here. And both of them is in the classic concealing and revealing style. So when Jesus gives parables, usually he deliberately says them in a way where he doesn't tell them the meaning. He wants them to go away and think about the meaning. And those that are open to God's grace and really think about it, they will understand the parables and will progress further in the kingdom. Whereas those who are not open to God's work, they won't understand the parables and it won't do anything for them. So it will still be concealed for them. And this purpose of parables is something we talk particularly about in the Matthew and Mark commentaries. It's not brought out as much in Luke's gospel, but Matthew and Mark specifically tell us the purposes of why Jesus chooses to use parables. So the two parables we're going to look at, the parable of the mustard seed and the parable of the yeast, apparently Jesus gives these parables on two different occasions. Luke is pretty chronological in the way he tells things usually. In Mark, Jesus tells these two parables at Galilee, by the lakeside, early in his ministry. Now, here we have, in Luke's version, Jesus telling those same two parables, with very little change, later in his ministry in a synagogue. So, scholars go back and forth on how to understand this. I think the best understanding of it is that Jesus has told these particular parables on multiple occasions. So, this is possibly the second or maybe even the third, fourth or fifth time that in his ministry, Jesus has given these parables. 
And that would make sense because he's giving them to different audiences. He first needed to correct the Galileans' misperceptions about when the kingdom of God is going to come and how it's going to come. And now he's moved to a different part of Israel where they haven't heard these parables yet. So he needs to tell them the same basic points about the kingdom. So he repeats the parables. Now we're looking here at parables. Remember, there's usually one thing in particular that Jesus wants to say when he's giving a parable. So rather than looking at all these possible mystical or spiritual interpretations of the parable, in this podcast, our goal is to look at the literal sense. What is the main point Jesus is trying to communicate by giving these parables? That's what we're trying to get at. So verse 18, Jesus said, what is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it with? So already Jesus tells us that these parables are about the kingdom of God specifically. They're not about life in general. Uh, They're not about religion in general. They're about the kingdom of God. Notice how he starts the parables. What is the kingdom of God, God like? What shall I compare it with? And you can kind of imagine him looking around the room for inspiration. So he's sort of captivating the crowd, drawing them in as a good teacher would. Verse 19, it is like a mustard seed, which a man took and threw into his garden. Now, a better translation of through is sowed. So he's sowing seed, a mustard seed into his garden. A mustard seed would have been pretty familiar to his audience at the time because mustard seeds were pretty common in Israel. Now, in Matthew and Mark's versions of this parable, Jesus goes on to specify that the mustard seed is the smallest of all the seeds. So it was the smallest known seed in Israel. Now, the fact that Jesus would say the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, that was probably pretty shocking to his original audience. We don't get that same shock factor, but his original audience would have. Because they expected the kingdom of God to be a big military thing. So for them, a better symbol for the kingdom would be an army, not a small seed. Jesus goes on, the seed grew and became a tree. And the other gospels here say it became the biggest shrub of all. And the mustard seed does grow to about 10 feet tall. So what's Jesus' point here? Well, he wants his hearers to understand that the kingdom of God will start small. Some of them would have had this idea that the kingdom of God is all going to come at once in this big dramatic way and it will all be there straight away and it will be a a massive thing. Jesus' point here is that the kingdom of God is going to start small. It's going to start with his preaching, but over the coming years and coming centuries, the teaching is that the kingdom of God would spread over the whole world. So Jesus has to emphasize that to his original hearers because that's not really the model of the kingdom they had and Jesus wants them to understand The kingdom of God is going to start small and grow slowly. And Jesus says, once the mustard seed grew and became a tree, the birds of the air sheltered in its branches. Now, some have taken this last phrase, the birds of the air, as a reference to the ministers of Satan, the demons. And that's because in a different parable, the parable of the sower, the birds do represent demons and the works of Satan. I think that will be pressing this parable a bit too far. Jesus does not always use the same symbols to mean the same thing. Sometimes he does, certainly, but if you think about things like money or light, those images are used differently in different parables. And it's the same here with the birds. There's no hidden meaning to the birds here, really. The birds basically represent people. So his focus in the parable is on the mustard seed, and the birds are the natural residents of the mustard seed. So who are the natural residents of the kingdom? It's people, and probably Gentile people in particular. So Jesus' point is that eventually many people, including Gentiles, will come into the kingdom of God. 
And this sort of language of a tree growing and being a house for birds, it actually echoes similar ideas in the Old Testament. There's a prophecy in Daniel chapter 4 verse 9, this is in the Old Testament, where it specifically talks about one day the kingdom of God growing and covering the whole world like a big tree. So Jesus is probably tapping into that. And possibly Ezekiel chapter 17 verses 22 as well. And in that passage, Israel is described of a tree and it says, in the shade of its branches, every sort will nest. So again, there's these kind of hints in the Old Testament that the kingdom of God can be understood as a tree. Now, interestingly, in Luke's version here, if you were listening carefully, it says the man planted the seed in a garden, whereas in Matthew and Mark's version of the parable, it's planted in a field. Now, that might just be Luke uh sort of changing the word to make it a little easier for his audience to understand, possibly. But it could actually be that on this specific occasion, Jesus actually said garden rather than field. And if that's the case, maybe there's a reference here to the Garden of Eden, because there was certainly a tree in the Garden of Eden. There was two important trees, actually. So maybe there's some sort of link to the Garden of Eden there, and scholars speculate about that. Verse 20, another thing he said. So maybe this is on a different occasion. Or perhaps he's still in the synagogue. It's not entirely clear. Jesus says, what shall I compare the kingdom of God with? So it's he's coming up with a second parable, a second comparison. It is like yeast. Or some translations call this leaven. And he says, it is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour till it was all leavened through. Now, notice that it says here a woman. A woman is doing this. And certainly in that culture, a woman would have done most of the bread making. Some scholars think there's some significance in the way that this is structured. So in the first parable, there's a man planting a mustard seed, and now we have a woman doing something with a yeast. There's several places in Luke where men and women are paired together. So sometimes a man will be healed, and then straight away in the very next story, a woman is healed, or in the way Luke structures his uh, presentation of Jesus' teaching, uh, Jesus will use men and women side by side in his parables and in his teaching. So it seems like Jesus is, uh, Luke is often trying to pair men with women in the way he tells his narrative of Jesus' life. And some scholars feel that Luke is doing this deliberately to show that Jesus has come to bring redemption equally to all people. So Jew and Gentile, and that certainly is one of the focuses of his gospel, the kingdom is open to everyone. Maybe he's doing the same with male and female. He wants to tell everyone that the kingdom is open to females as well as males. So maybe there's something to this. So the woman in the parable takes and mixes in three measures of flour till it was all leavened through. Or she mixes the leaven with the three measures of flour until it's all leavened. This is the same basic meaning as the previous parable, the parable of the mustard seed. So yeast is something which is put into bread and it starts small, but then eventually it grows and spreads throughout the whole loaf. In fact, it's the leaven or the yeast which gives the loaf its bread-like quality. And you only need to put in a tiny amount of yeast, but the amount of bread that it makes puff up is actually quite stunning. So again, the teaching here is the kingdom starts small and grows over time. Notice how much flour the woman uses in the parable. She uses three measures of flour, and that's basically 60 pounds worth of flour. That would make enough bread to feed well over 100 people. It's a lot of bread, and that's the point. Jesus is deliberately using an example here where there's a lot of bread because it's supposed to represent the whole world. 
the idea here is that the yeast, the small amount of the kingdom, the small amount of the yeast makes the entire world leavened. It's The kingdom spreads throughout the entire world. So a little leaven is hidden, a little part of the kingdom is hidden, it starts small, and yet it's actively raising a significant amount of bread or a significant amount of the world. You see the parallel there, it's actually quite a clever parallel. Now, some scholars think that Jesus might be trying to be controversial here by talking about uh, yeast or leaven, because to the Jews at the time, yeast was not considered in a positive way. In fact, they often considered putting yeast into bread as not really a Jewish thing to do. Jews were known for their unleavened bread. And there's some places in the New Testament where leaven is used by Jesus as a symbol of evil. That's in Matthew chapter 16. And also uh, 1 Corinthians 5 uses that same sort of language. So there are some places where Jesus uses uh, leaven in a negative way, but I think here he's using it in a positive way. It's a good force that uh, spreads its good force throughout the whole world. So for Jesus' original listeners, both of these parables, the parable of the mustard seed and the parable of the leaven, are a call to patience and to recognize that the work of growing the kingdom is God's, not ours. And it might start small and unnoticed, but soon the whole world is sanctified. That's the teaching of both parables. Mark's version finishes this section, or just after it narrates uh, the parable of the mustard seed, it says, Using many parables like these, Jesus spoke the word to them so far as they were capable of understanding it. So that would suggest that Jesus is trying to give parables that are within the spiritual reach of the crowd. Every parable Jesus gives can be understood by his original hearers if a person goes away and reflects on it and asks God to enlighten their mind. And it's a spiritual reflection, not an intellectual one. So he's giving parables that's within their reach, but they do need to uh, sort of meditate on it and cooperate with God's grace if they want to understand it. Jesus has more to say to the crowds, and we'll look at this in the coming days. Let's now turn to the Catechism to see what it has to tell us about this passage. And there's a really interesting link in paragraph 2660. This is in the section about today and prayer, doing prayer in your daily life. So it says, Prayer in the events of each day and each moment is one of the secrets of the kingdom revealed to little children, to the servants of Christ, to the poor of the Beatitudes. It is right and good to pray so that the coming of the kingdom of justice and peace may influence the march of history, but it is just as important to bring the help of prayer into humble everyday situations. All forms of prayer can be the leaven, to which the Lord compares the kingdom. So here the Catechism says uh, we can sort of add a spiritual dimension to the the parable of the leaven and say that perhaps the leaven can represent prayer. It's individual prayers that eventually bring about a big impact in the kingdom and in the world. So that's an interesting link there. We'll leave it there for today. I hope you've learned something new from these quite well-known parables and we'll continue to look at Luke as we move through the coming days. Thank you.